This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com start. Welcome to episode 167 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we bring you interviews with working actors, writers, filmmakers, agents, managers, producers, casting directors, personal finance and fitness gurus, voiceover artists, and more. I wish people could see me. I'm doing a little dance, swinging my hips from side to side every time I say a new name. All of them serving up insider tips on marketing yourself, creating your own work, and booking the gig. It's knowledge bombs for everyone straight from the people who've been there, done that, and are doing it again. I'm not dancing, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, You know, and if you're a longtime listener or if you're new, uh, you should know that we're just two dudes who started this thing because we were just looking for the answers and we were sick and tired of being told we had to pay for it. So we made it free and put it on the intertubes. And while all success stories are built on a common foundation, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of in common across many success stories. There's no one right way to accomplish anything. So if you hear something in this episode with which you agree or disagree, we want to hear from you. Send us an email, shoot us a tweet, comment on our website, leave us a voicemail. Any way you choose to get in touch with the with us and the show, uh, it all goes to the same place. You can find out all the different ways you can get your voice on the show by starting at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And a bit later on in today's episode, we have the second part of Trev's three-part interview with the very beautiful and wise and intoxicating, right, Trevor? Mm-hmm. Intoxicating. That's, that's, that's the word. That's the word. Nori Victoria, so stick around for that. And welcome to episode 167 of Inside Acting Podcast. <laughs> Sometimes, some, dear listeners, th- this is AJ speaking. Sometimes we just let the microphones roll and let Trevor do whatever the hell he wants to do. I'm just trying to keep it fresh, man. You know, just trying to mix it up a little bit. You know what you sounded like, actually? And I am going to totally nerd myself. I'm going to out myself as a nerd if I haven't already a million times over on this podcast. But you sounded like the voiceover in the Black Mesa Research Center in the first Half-Life game. I know that's very wow. specific, but uh, if anybody's a, a big gamer out there, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. What's going on in your in your world this week? No, I mean, we just spoke about this before we started recording. We, we both, I mean, first of all, we didn't have a huge gap since the last time that we recorded. Yeah, uh, we're, rec- we're recording this one almost a week in advance, so I didn't have a whole lot going on between now and, and the last time we recorded. I know you're in sort of in the same boat. And we've kind of talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't want to come back to it, but I've just been focusing on finding a New York thrival job. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think the big lesson there for for me, and I, I'm pretty sure we already mentioned this uh, previously on the podcast, is just about being empowered and taking yeah. a taking a, a a page out of the Porter Kelly book and and saying like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I am not a retail employee. I'm not a caterer. I'm an actor who is doing this to support my my true vision. And mm. if the other, if you know they're not on board, they're not on board. And you know, knowing that you don't have to be doing that job, it's not a it's not a requirement. <laughs> so, right, right. So that's been it's been really empowering. It's like <clears throat> I'm I'm going home for the holidays, for instance, which is which never looks good in the eyes of like retail. They want you to work because that's their busy time. And I'm like, uh, nope. These are the dates I can't work. You figure it out. <laughs> is is this approach affecting your your chances? Would you say? Are you are you noticing that that they're kind of like I don't uh, know? What's the reaction I, you get when when you tell them like No, I'm an actor. This is these are my limitations. To be honest, is, I don't know. know what the I don't know what the reaction is on paper. Like I don't like I didn't get a particular job that I went out for, and I don't know if they if that is why. But in person, they're always so so appreciative. Of the honesty, the transparency, the straightforwardness, et cetera, et cetera. So I would I would empower our listeners to do the same if you're ever searching for that that next thrival job. Just cool. you know, own who you actually are and what you're actually up to and Yeah. Don't yeah. don't sort of back down from that, I guess. It's never going to be the perfect job until it's you know, a recurring role on a TV show that allows me to go to the next acting job and then it will be the perfect job because I will be just going from job to job to job as an, yeah. actor, as an actor. And even then, there, you know, perfection is <clears throat> sort of a, a myth, especially when it comes to art. We'll never actually, you know, get there. Yeah. So we're always seeking to improve, I guess. Amen. We have two emails <laughs> that we wanted to uh, tackle on this episode, and they're they're good ones. The first one is. Uh, uh, kind of a really good question actually something that i really identify with and the second one is uh more of a, of a cool kind of success story so shall yeah. we start with uh, the first one from mark yeah so this email comes from mark vashro i actually want to meet uh, uh, uh read the email because i want you to respond because i was actually kind of surprised by your by your email response to him i'll talk about why oh, so okay um, he basically, he's moving out to LA in the next, uh, two to four months and he's really excited and he wants to go grab caramels with Trevor. I'm guessing at that, uh, dessert place in, uh, in Culver city. Is that what he's referring to? I, I guess so. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a big caramel guy, but, um, th- I mean, I'm sure that sounds cool. Uh, anyway, he, he, he will be emphasizing his acting skills more than his filmmaker skills is what he's saying, but he's worried that it will limit him of opportunity. So back where he is now, and I'm sorry, Mark, I'm blanking on where you actually live now, but he spent the last six years building up his reputation as a filmmaker, and 
when he moves to LA, he wants to emphasize more on, on acting and build his reputation as an actor. And he said, I'm wondering if this is something I should even be worried about, meaning limiting his opportunities. My mind is split. Hmm. So, and Trev, you responded via email. And like I said, it actually kind of surprised me. You basically said that you would encourage him to focus on his acting and sort of do his filmmaking thing. Um, I don't remember the exact words you used, but to paraphrase, you know, quote unquote, on the side. Um, and just let it sort of build up and speak for itself. Is that uh, about right, or am I um, totally I, off base? To be, to, to be honest, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but I, you goldfish. And there's a trash truck that's about to make really loud sounds outside my window. Just Woo-hoo! so y'all know, I'm not being attacked. Um, <laughs> that I I do think that this is somewhat of a non-issue. Uh, I think any actor. And by the way, I saw Mark's. Um, Mark's documentary. He he made this documentary about biking across the country on his bicycle by himself, and it was really, really, really well done. Re- I was really impressed with it. He sent me kind of a sort of private advanced screener of it. Um, so he's got a lot of talent in the filmmaking world. Uh, I'm not familiar with his acting work, but I don't think this is a huge issue. I think coming out to LA. Yep. See, there's the wow huge trash can. I, I know. actually thought you were getting attacked. Acting and filmmaking are so kind of closely aligned in 2014. And so many actors are out there making their own stuff that it's almost like if you're not making your own stuff out there as an actor, it's, it's almost like, and Bria Grant alluded to this when she talked about uh, running into casting directors who would look at people's resumes and they would specifically look for web stuff. And if they didn't see web stuff on the actor's resume, they would, they would literally think to themselves or even say out loud, well, what have you been doing? Because there's just so much opportunity out there and the, and the tools are so accessible. So uh, I don't quite remember specifically what I wrote to you, Mark, but uh, in this moment right now, I think this is kind of a non-issue. I think it's, it's important to think about how you're perceived as sort of a brand, sort, as sort of a commodity or, or a product. But in this case, I think the filmmaking thing can only help your acting, especially if, if your main purpose with the filmmaking is to build up your career as an actor. Um, if that kind of is a condition of everything you work on, like, yeah, I'll be happy to make this film or whatever, but uh, I nominate me to play the lead role. You know what I mean? Like, I well, think that yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that they they very much uh, support it, support one another. So I hope that somewhat jives with what I wrote. <laughs> it was. I think it's. I, I got to be honest. I think it was a bit different than. Oh shit! Wrote. Just slightly, okay. just slightly. But it's you know it's interesting to have a couple of different perspectives, even if they're coming from the same person. The same person, That's right? That's fine. Great. That's fine. It gives Great. Mark uh, food for thought. But I, I I'm no longer surprised because that's the response that I thought. You know, the way that I know that you like to work, the things you like to work on, the way that you operate. That's sort of how I assumed you would answer that question. So when you said that in the email, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm curious as to why he might have said that." Um, and now you're you know sort of uh, going at it from a different a different angle, which is great. I think it's great, and mm-hmm. and I I agree with you. And I think Mark, you know, this is it, it's only going to support you to have things going on. Um, obviously, you have a finite amount of time and energy and and uh, what Trevor and I call attention units <clears throat> to spend on whatever whatever aspect of your career we're we're, we're discussing so mm-hmm. you're you're quote unquote limited by those things but of course you don't have to have that as a conversation if you need to 
delegate tasks so that you can get your films made and act at the same time, then you know I'm sure you'll you'll figure that out if that is what you want and you want it badly mm-hmm. enough. But I, I just I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to tell you. I just found the email from Mark that I responded to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, read that, and I'll just finish this last thought. Okay. Um, I was just going to say. I think I was okay. just going to say, don't let it, don't let it limit you. Basically, that was the sort of the gist. You know, um, I think. <laughs> in other words, like even in his email to us, he wrote the word limit. More than a filmmaker skill, yeah. because I'm worried that it will limit me of opportunities. Mm, nope. Nope. It's, yeah. It's, I, the, it's the opposite of that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the only limitation might come in from sort of a, a lack of focus, I think. You know, like if you choose to um, let the filmmaking stuff get in the way of your of your kind of main or larger goal. So here's what I wrote to Mark, and it's not terribly off from what I was saying. Uh, I said, uh, awesome question, something I know I've been struggling with for some time as well. Uh, not quite the same split, but very similar. And I said, I found that there's immense power in focus, but there's also a huge and beneficial overlap between being an actor and a filmmaker. My initial thoughts are to market yourself as an actor and just sort of quietly make your stuff on the side. That was, all in, that was the all sentence in, that surprised me. Just that right, All in service of your acting. I said quietly make your stuff on the side, and maybe that was the misleading part because I'm thinking it doesn't have to be quiet. I mean, you can, you can put actor, filmmaker on your business card or your website or whatever, and um, as long as the acting thing is kind of the main focus, the filmmaking will... I mean, they, they support each other. They're mutually yeah. beneficial. So, Yeah. And how many, yeah. we, we hear of so many actors who have, and we talk about them on the podcast, who have other things going on. Oh, I should have made this my, my pick of the week. I will, I will actually, I will make it my pick of the week. We'll come back to this during the picks of the week. I'm going to change my pick of the week for this week to bring up something. But just remember that I said the words, uh, Zachary Quinto. <laughs> okay. Okay. As, as an example of like a, a well-known actor who's got you know a lot of irons in the fire and is doing a lot of filmmaking, mostly from the producer side, but he's got his you know his hand in a lot of diff- of various things, and he is one of many, 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 many examples of actors who do just that. They're 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 working on on various projects at once Mm. as well as or including being an actor in something feature films television series whatever it is cool i don't want to beat this one to death but uh thank you mark for the question and um i don't think you have anything to be worried about personally i I think you got an immense talent uh in definitely the filmmaking world probably in the acting world as well so i think that uh you've if anything you've got a a big advantage over other actors that that uh, aren't thinking uh the way that you are all right moving on we've got another email from it's a long time listener right rio yeah yeah a long time rio daily is is it rio am i saying i think so oh and she actually was in touch with us on on twitter as well telling us this 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 same story which i just thought was really cool um, she was empowered basically by our idea of calling them meetings and not auditions and decided to use that going into some meetings, air quotes, meetings that she mm-hmm. had coming up. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, she was told to come along to an open audition and she said she was just herself. I was myself. I was relaxed, calm, just kept thinking it's just a meeting and I'm bringing my energy, you know, her creativity and they are bringing their energy and also, I happened to be auditioning 
but I also happen to be auditioning them. Do I want to work with them? Which is such an empowering way to go into uh, an audition or yeah, and that's why we call them meetings. And she basically booked the role. Uh, like the next day, they called her and let her know she booked the role. So she, now she has her first credit on IMDb. She'll the film she booked is going to be shown at the Irish Film Festival. She's from the UK, and she just learned so much. And everyone was was asking her, you know, what tools she uses as an actor. And she kept telling them that uh, she went to uh, part that she goes to a part time drama school, and it's. Uh, Funnily enough, ran by two guys who have worked with Amel Amin, former. Yeah, he's you know, and he's you know, yeah, he's very huge over here, but he's even more huge over there. Both yeah. he and TJ are British actors, and they've got quite a following. And she the told them about a little podcast that she listens to as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just really, really cool to to see that someone took that idea, that philosophy of of having a creative meeting as opposed to an audition and turned it into a success story. What I think is so cool is the last line in this email. She says, the other thing I found was I could think, or rather, let me try that again. She says, the other thing I found was I could make bolder choices. I could be braver, all because I was relaxed. It was a meeting. That's just a great way to sum it up. It's like, yeah. it's like you really you have nothing to lose. You're just seeing if your creative ideas and energies jive. And if they don't, then it's not a match. And if it is, then great. Then you book a job. But there's plenty of jobs out there. And every uh, meeting is a chance to kind of just not only see how things are going to work from the collaborative perspective, but also to get a little bit better at pitching your ideas. I really, I, wow. I hate the approach of like, of going in and being like, Am I right for this character? I'm gonna convince them that this is this is the, the good match for the character. It's more like these are my ideas for the character. I've done my homework, I've done my prep. Here's what I see. And then you work with them, you know, over the course of yeah. one or two or three adjustments to see if it's a match. And if it is great, if it's not, then it wasn't your part to begin with. Yeah. And that's it. That's all there is to it. You yeah. know, we we tend to get really in our heads and make these these things a big deal. And it's nothing more than an interview to see if it's a match. It's nothing personal. It's so true. It's so true too when you're because when you when you when you book something, no, normally like every once in a while you just have a shitty audition and you book and you're like, what the hell? Sure. What the yeah. hell happened? <laughs> yeah. But, you, but some, m- most of the time, or at least it's been my experience when I book something. I, I just, I, I knew I was that guy. Like I knew walking out of there that I was going to book it. And it was because the, the, it was a match. Like you said, Trev, like the role yeah. fit my personality. Anyway, yeah. great story. Thank you, Rio. Thank you, Mark. Thank you everybody for writing and calling in. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how to do so, insideactingpodcast.com. In the meantime, we're going to roll into the interview portion of the ep- of this episode with part two of Trevor's chat with Nori Victoria. Trevor, anything you want to say to preface uh, this week's or just let it speak for itself? I'm going to just let it speak for itself. So enjoy this, guys. Are you spiritual, religious? Do you do you follow a certain doctrine or dogma or, or a faith of any kind? Or because it sounds like you you've, you're very connected to something right. that is 
beyond and i don't mean that in a scary way i mean that in like a, in <laughs> no, a you I know get it. call it god call it infinite intelligence call it whatever i get it what is what is your relationship with that whatever label we decide to put on it i look at religion as a man-made experience and mm-hmm. spirituality is kind of what you're born with it's it's um it's a i feel like religion is an experience that someone else gives you to have and spirituality is your own walk your own experience and I think that there are valuable things in every religion to take from. Um, I grew up, well, we were Catholic, and then all of a sudden we were Baptist. And then, um, you know, I I study Buddhism, you know, now. But wow. all of that is just, for me, when you take the the positive parts of it, those are just things that can speak into the tools that you use in your life mm-hmm. to cope. Um <laughs> I believe people should take what they need and leave the rest that they don't. Um, I, I, I don't think that we really should tell people how and what to believe, you know, because it's like telling everyone penicillin will work for every disease. That's not true. There's not one prescription for every ailment that exists. We're all spiritually different. Our personality personalities are different, so why wouldn't our spirits be? So I don't think there's one answer for everyone so in and trying to put a label on myself is very difficult because i just i feel like i'm just in touch in tune i know there's a higher power i know things move that are greater than me i know that there are forces that uh, affect us positively and negatively and my job here is to uh go toward the light (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um that's pretty much my system in a nutshell. Yeah, well, I, I definitely am, am picking it up. I mean, you're you the. I'm I'm feeling really inspired right now, sitting across from because you have a very Thank kind you. of peaceful but powerful, determined energy. Like that, you're you're affirming for me right now that to be successful as an artist in this industry, you don't have to always be on your cell phone. You don't have to always be pushing people no. to make deals. You can actually be a sort of peace peaceful centered grounded being that is very much in relationship to the rest of the world to the spiritual world to other people and sees and and what's probably the most inspiring right now is is that i'm seeing that you really view your work as a service yes absolutely Uh, and that's there's so there's there's the the opposite of ego in that you know it's very Mm -hmm. much like how can i leave this place better than i found it exactly by by being true to my purpose i love this business because I can walk into a room with people that I'm either auditioning for or about to work with or in class with and ask the question, how can I connect to you? And that's the burning question that I'm always asking myself when I go into these situations, not how cute can I be? How <laughs> how interesting can I be? How which, which, on can I be? You let's know what be I mean? honest, that's what most actors do. You and, know I mean? you know, to, to each his own, his or her sure. own, but uh, that's just not me. You know, I very much appreciate a good time. I appreciate comfort and, and luxury just like anyone else, but that's not what drives me. You know, I, um, I do a lot of... Like right now, I go into uh, South Central every Saturday and work with kids in the Imperial Courts projects. And I just go and and I work with an organization called Red Eye Inc. But we go and we just play with them. And um, every once in a while, I'll see a kid that needs shoes, and I'll just you know do what I can to um, to to get them shoes. Like I have a very great support system and friends and family who understand 
the uh, impact that I want to make, and they support wow. that a lot. I feel very fortunate. Um, people will spread the word when I'm doing what I do in that way, and I, I really love that. Um, but I, I also grew up with watching parents that spoke to everyone, whether it was a homeless person that came up to them and mm-hmm. and it, whether they were having a conversation that made sense or didn't make sense. My, my father especially never turned down a conversation and never, and that made me know growing up that we are all the same. There's no us and them. There's no me and you. There's It's we. We are. And he, um, I remember there was, uh, he had a, a candy store when I was very, very young. And there was a neighborhood guy. His name was Cowboy. That's Cowboy. all I, yeah, his name was Cowboy. And he would go around and do little chores to try to help uh, people. But he, unfortunately, he died in a fire and my dad paid for his funeral. And wow. it's acts of service like that that I think you carry with you, whether you're a teacher or an insurance agent or whatever if you have that that's just the foundation that I feel you have to stay true to and it's especially difficult though in this business um, sometimes because a, it's 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 a look at me business you know if you really it's entertainment it's something that um, people look and, and they make a whole lot of assumptions about the glamour and glitz and and especially with the uh, shift of the type of shows that are on now, um, you know, it, it can be difficult to maintain that, but that's more important to me than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. foundation is more important to me than, than uh, all of that. So yeah. I just know that, you know, what's meant for me is meant for me because it's in line with what my purpose is. If I if it's not there, then it's not for me. Um, I don't feel pressured or, or pressed to, to be at every event or book every role or you know be even recognized when I walk down the street. I actually I would prefer that people you know know me for Nori and not mm. you know the characters or whatever that I I bring to life. Even though I want my work to be masterful and I want people to to appreciate that, I want people to know that um, what I do is entertainment, but what I am has a greater purpose than just mm. entertaining. It's a connection there. So. Wow. Um, yeah, that's just how I'm kind of moving in this business right now. And I stayed in Atlanta <laughs> for a few years until uh, my representation, I kept bugging them. Because, again, the thirst for knowledge and training, I knew that there was a whole different world here in L.A. Just from from training in the major market um, of New York, you know, I knew that there were things that I wanted wanted to explore. So it's funny, my reason for moving to L.A. was not getting on that star bus <laughs> you know i i wanted to train more in depth and and just really a lot more intensely um than what was available to me and 
doors keep opening. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got the, you've got, Will Smith said this, and this is something I never forgot in the interview. He said, you know, like, I'm not the most talented guy out there, but nobody will outwork, outwork me. Outwork me, yeah. You know, I will be, you know, mm-hmm. when you're sleeping, I'm working. Mm-hmm. While you're playing, I'm working. While you're doing whatever you're doing, I'm mm-hmm. out there and I'm putting in my, I'm getting my reps in, basically. Exactly. And I believe also that you know, I, I, I maintain a sense of playfulness in everything that I sure. do, too. Yeah. You know, it has to be fun. You have to still love it. And I, I think that's why he can put in that kind of work, because he, he does love it. He's you on You love it. Yeah. Right. And I feel like if, if you wake up every day and you feel like, oh, God, another audition. I don't have this and I don't have that. Then maybe this business isn't for you. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it, you have to find joy in it uh, for... Uh, in a in a way that propels you forward, and if you feel like it's it's stagnating you, like I felt back when I was working, you know, in 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 corporate positions, then maybe you should try something that that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Become a fun coach. There are people that travel around the world to to resorts, just teaching people how to have fun on jet skis and Seriously? things like that. Yeah, a fun coach. A fun That's coach. a thing. That's a thing. That is a thing. So you know, I wonder how much they get paid. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a lot. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. That's a thing that people actually have, look at their lives and go, "I'm not having the fun, and I don't know how to do it. I need to get somebody to coach me on how to right. let go and have fun and be a kid again." That's that's telling. I mean, it's kind of yeah, awesome, but but also sad in a way. It is, and that's you know what? It's so funny. Um, one of the jobs that I did when I started working with the acting coach in Atlanta is I started teaching the little kids at her studio mm. after a while, and it watching kids in their sense of play and imagination and the things that they believe and the things that we stop believing as we get more quote unquote successful was really shocking to me and I noticed that switch starts to happen around 12 or 13 it's not when we're adults and with responsibilities we really start to lose our imagination and sense of adventure and play and start worrying about what other people think and everything around Mm. that age and so what I really worked with them on I said before we can even touch acting because I'm still learning myself we need to touch you're you being bound up like I was and that's what was so fulfilling to me working with the kids um I would have them move around the room that that would be the first thing I would have them do just move around the room do whatever you want and from that one exercise I could see just how playful or imaginative or how bound up and restricted that child was because a lot of us like I said we live a two-dimensional life they just walked around the room forward walked around the room didn't jump up didn't crawl didn't walk backwards Hmm. didn't um contort their body in weird ways didn't you know (laughs) act like an animal so it's it's um it's been freeing in so many different ways in that i can still play and i can connect to people and do what's important to me and uh as i move forward in this industry really help people and in the process People are digging my work, and that's pretty cool. You know <laughs> that's what I nice mean? Bonus, that's right? like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, and I'm actually leaving today. I yeah. I'm working on next um, a Nicholas Sparks film, which is which is amazing. Cool. That's so awesome. Things happen so fast. I swear. Yeah. Uh, just two days ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and um, I'm leaving today. It's the choice. His novel, the choice. God, that's so. and that's like the fourth or fifth book he's made into yeah, a film now. The notebook, he, he's on a nice run. It's like at the least best a movie of a me, year. Which is coming out in theaters uh, next week. Uh, Walk to Remember, Dear John. Yeah. Amazing. Have, have you have you read any of his novels? Yeah. 
And yeah. actually, it's so funny. Uh, yesterday, I ran out to get the choice, and that was one I haven't read. Um, but what I find too is that I'm attracting the type of projects that speak to my journey, mm. and I love that. You mm. know, I I really really do, and um, and and I have no problem saying no and walking away from something because my drive doesn't come from a place of desperation. You know, it comes from a place of this has to be in line with me mm. and I have to love it and it has to make me uh, feel feel adventurous and good and playful and if that's mm. you know if that's it then hey you, ha- you, it. you have representation now yeah agent um, and, and manager or or one or the other both it's so funny cool. I when I was uh, in Atlanta I did a showcase with my acting coach and and I got signed because my the agency that I'm still with in the Southeast was there. And then they set up a meeting for me when I came out here for an agency. And I had a meeting. And first week I was here, they signed me across the board. So that wow. was really cool uh, for print, voiceover, and theatrical. Wow. So how, how did they feel when, or I guess how do you handle it when a job comes your way or an opportunity to audition for a job comes your way that's not in line with what you, with what you, who you are and what you, you're looking for? You said you have no problem saying no, so there's got to be some some headbutting that happens there. So in the beginning, an agent uh, uh, actor relationship is a marriage. You know, in the beginning, Hmm. you're you're learning each other, and there's some bumps of communication, and you kind of figure out what each other's pet peeves are, and you know, all of that. So it's the same way in that relationship. but very quickly they they got to know me and the things that I like and don't like and there would be some auditions and I would say you know I want to pass on that and you know one of my agents would push back a little bit and say well maybe you want to get in front of this person it's a great opportunity and I'm like yeah but I I mean I just feel like what's meant for me is meant for me and if I don't want to do it I don't want to go in there and be great and waste their time and say you know what I don't really this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So um I'm very I'm very patient on this this path too. Uh, I call it my yellow brick road, you know. I know I there's eyes, I know there's a wizard, yeah. I know there and I'm get I'm going. Yeah. So um you know it's no stress when I say no and now I feel like they probably filter now because mm. they know the things that I, I don't want to do and and now it's um you know if I say I'll pass it's just okay you know because I'm I'm strong willed cool. yeah and and you got you got you got the yeah. resume to back up this this stuff it's not like you it's not like you're hurting for work you know I mean you're able to you're right you're at a point I think at least you know based on what I can see you're at a point where you you can do that you're not trying to get that that you know that two or three uh, or those first two or three you know co-star roles to kind of get you in the rooms with the right people people look at your resume they see your profile and they think oh we know she could we know she's professional we know she could do this well here, here's the thing about that i feel that that the person with no credit one credit or 20 credits should still feel the same way about what's in front of them um and and yeah, there is a pressure to build the resume up and and make no mistake, like there are great resumes in this town that are not working. I am fortunate for everything that I love that comes my way, you know, because there's no guarantee. You never know what's next. And that's another thing. You have to be uncomfortable sitting in, I'm sorry, comfortable sitting in your discomfort of not knowing what's next. And I didn't know this project was coming a month ago. 
the Nicholas Sparks right. thing. Right. Yeah. So it's, you can kind of be on a hiatus. I've done uh, two films and um, a series, a television series this year, but you can still be in August and say, hmm. I wonder what's going on in November, <laughs> September, October. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's just the thing where someone asked me, how do you do it? How do you how do you maintain the mindset of just um, knowing that you'll be okay and things will come your way? And I say, you just know. See, a lot of people say, I believe. You know, I believe things are going to happen for me. I believe, but they don't know it. You have to know that you're going to be okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really been a big part of your 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 journey. I mean, you remember you, you saying that you you were moving, I think, from Atlanta to New York, and you just you were just like, I know that the universe is going to hook me up. You just know it's going to be okay. I know it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's really powerful. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm here now, uh, jumping on a plane this evening. I'm excited so about cool. about that, and um, and yeah, and next 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 year we will. Uh, I'll have three projects coming out so it'll be this the choice um i worked on the whitney houston story that movie and uh i worked on a horror film called a place in hell that's the one we shot in negative 20 <laughs> temperatures and we were outside the entire production that was really challenging mentally and physically um because when you're hot it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. but when you're cold that cold it hurts it's yes. painful yeah uh, or you just your finger might fall off for so long, you know. <laughs> or you might lose that, a limb, you know, right? It's no big deal. <laughs> a frostbite, but uh, amazing director and amazing crew that was so freaking resilient. Mm-hmm. They just pushed through, and we all kind of fed off of the energy of each other because it was not easy. It was literally a place in hell. We were on a farm in the middle of nowhere. It was so cold that. The pipes froze in the trailer, so there was no running water. There was it was just it was really difficult, mm. <laughs> and and it snowed the first day of filming. We got a blizzard, sixteen inches, and we still shot in it. See, we, th- wow, this is this is something that's always fascinating to me because that doesn't. Sa- I mean, that, that sounds really kind of adventurous, but there comes a point at which adventure turns into like just can we get this over with? Please? <laughs> right? Well, we're human. Trust we're, me. Yeah, we're human. We're and human, and there are nights, and and we're we're standing there, and you know, you're you're solid in your work that you're doing, but in your mind, you're like, hey, please let us get this shot off so mm-hmm. I can get back to the hotel and sure, get warm. Sure. I my fingers tingled for two weeks after I got back. We were that cold for wow. that long, and it can get brutal. And that's the thing. I like the fact that even though you don't like when you're in it, just like um, the experience in the Philippines, it was it was so much more than just the heat. But um, and even the f- filming a place in hell. In this field, people see the end result. You know, they don't really see the gritty. Um, behind the scenes, uh, pushing yourself to your physical limits. And I think I'm the type of person, I like to see just how far I can go. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's a satisfaction in itself. Like, yeah, I did that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I toughed it out. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's just, that's just a personal thing. And, and that's mm-hmm. not for everybody. Like, I, I really like, um, I like physical roles. I like roles that push me emotionally. And I love combat. I like, mm. as a matter of fact, this tooth isn't mine. I what, lost really? it in New York in film combat class. I had a girl in a headlock. No way. 
and she bucked up and and my teeth went Damn, yeah, battle scars and everything yeah but that's like that's that's all a part of my journey yeah, i'm not saying yeah. that some some people just may be fine like you can have that let me sit in my trailer and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> call me to a sound stage when it's time but i really like going there Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I hope you are continuing to enjoy the uh, the interview Trev had with uh, Nori Victoria. We are bringing in some quality, quality folk. I will say yeah. that. As yeah, far we'll as get some, some really good ones lined up. Content goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. So, uh, what's your what's your pick of the week, my friend? I've been reading this book, uh, my very first Stephen King book. It's called Salem's Lot. I've never read Stephen King. Uh, I know a lot of, like, all my friends and family members love Stephen King and read him all the time. I've just, I've just never done it. So uh, I asked a friend of mine, I said, which is the first book I should start with? And he said, start with Salem's Lot and read it around Halloween time. I was like, okay, cool. So I did, and I am. And it's, uh, number one, I see why people love Stephen King. He's a very good writer. And secondly, uh, wow, this book is engrossing, dude. It is it's it's really good, man. It's I I I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is a creepy story so far. About halfway through it, and uh, and if anything, it's a great way to kind of put this in acting terms. It's a great way, and we talked about this. We've talked about Larry Moss uh, recommending to all his students that they read fiction on a regular basis, and I know why because it's a great way to just exercise that imagination muscle. And this book is so well written that you just get lost in it and your brain starts creating all the images and all the sounds and all the feelings and everything in these scenes and with these characters. And you very clearly start to be able to build these people in your mind. And I've just, I've spent a few hours the past couple of weeks getting lost in this book and really enjoying it. So that's my pick of the week, Salem's Lot by Stephen King, my very first King book. Wow. I, that, <laughs> that's such a specific recommendation. Who was it? Your friend or your cousin that recommended it? Uh, this is actually Michael Hansen. He's a big oh. Stephen King fan. Yeah, our buddy Michael Hansen. Yeah, and he who, he's a voracious reader too. Yeah, he reads all the time. He's read all of Stephen King's work. And he actually told me that this book in specific, Salem's Lot, is one of those books that he comes back to every year or two to read again just because it's so <laughs> creepy and dark and he just enjoys the, the, the kind of space it, it brings him into. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it, man. What I was going to say is it's such a specific recommendation meaning read this read it first read it around halloween time that yeah it's making me it makes me want to read it like this week yeah i know i wish i wish it had been my pick of the week last week because then people would have a chance to get it and then get into it and kind of get in the halloween spirit Uh, oh yeah because this will be published after our after halloween yeah yeah Uh alas uh here it is now so it's still you know kind of cold fall wintery months so i think it's still a good a good pick well and you know for those of you who want to extend halloween for the rest of the year (laughs) yeah for as long as you want cool well yeah my pick of the week i changed mid-episode because of our conversation about mark's email slash question and it is a tv show but it is more of a documentary than anything else. And it's a documentary on the filmmaking process. So, you know, I thought it might appeal to not just Mark, but you, Trevor, and a lot of our listeners who are actor filmmakers. It's called The Chair, 
and it is only, unfortunately, only available on the Stars Network, Stars with a Z Network. So <clears throat> you have to have cable in order to see it. They do. You can watch the episodes online, but they make you log in with like your cable provider. So it might that might limit the number of people who can see it, who are our listeners, but. Maybe if you have cable, share it with your friends, or if you know someone with it, gather around, grab a bunch of, you know, IAP buddies, friends, listeners, <laughs> seriously, because it was created, the show was created by Chris Moore, who, along with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, created the television show uh, Project Greenlight, which yeah. was really popular for, I think it was like six, seven seasons, something like that. One of my favorite shows, I actually, that show began, I think it was my senior year in high school when I was taking a video class, like video production class. So it was basically my introduction into going behind the camera, behind the scenes, and into the filmmaking pro process. So The Chair, which is this new show created by Chris Moore, is similar, but the angle is the... The entire filmmaking process is documented by a really professional, experienced documentary filmmaking crew, and it is the same script shot, directed, filmed by two different direct first-time directors. Or not first-time directors, but two different directors, period. So essentially, they take the same material, and they both create a film from it, and then at the end, there's a voting process, and there's a winner, and, and, and so there's a sort of a contest element to it. But you get to see basically a, document, a documentary on the filmmaking process throughout the, I think, 10 episodes of the season. Oh, that's and great. if it does well, they're, they're, you know, they want to do a second season, etc. The reason I found out about it is because I attended a Q&A <clears throat> with Chris Moore, at the New York Television Festival, where they screened like a 25-minute primer on the series, so sort of like a really, really long trailer. <clears throat> and Zachary Quinto was there because he is basically involved as like an executive producer slash artistic advisor on the show, uh, okay. on the show The Chair. And it reminded me uh, per Mark's question, that Zachary Quinto actually has his own production company called Before the Door, and they have produced several feature films and probably some other stuff that I'm just not aware of. And it, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it's 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 such a great example of someone who is obviously a successful actor, but that's not where his career st starts and stops. Start, you know, begins and ends. Right. He he's got his, you know, hands in a lot of other pots, his irons a lot of irons in the fire, and this is just one of them. So before the door dot com is the production company, uh Zachary Quinto's production company, but uh, my pick of the week is The Chair, which is a new show on stars. Okay. Yeah, I just I looked it up on iTunes while you were describing it, and I, I didn't see it on iTunes. So it looks like you really do just you have to have a cable package. Yeah, yeah, you, which is frustrating, but uh, it, it is. It is that uh, obviously will you know 
continue to crumble and fall away as time goes on. But uh, if you go, I, the link on our website will take you to Star's website and the specific page for the chair. And you can start from cool. there sort of figuring out how to get, get access. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. And uh, our listener pick of the week this week is a team pick. This comes from our technical producer, Cesar Gamino. Cesar is a filmmaker. He's got a lot of great gear, and uh, he often uh, edits our episodes and puts them together for us. And he did this really, really great, kind of like a drunk history parody, but he took a rant from the internet, which was this this chick. I I hadn't seen this this rant before I saw Cesar's thing, but I guess it's this chick just ranting about some what she interpreted as, as crappy service from Bed Bath & Beyond. And if you watch the rant, it's pretty obvious that this, this girl has deeper problems. But uh, Cesar did like a reenactment uh, as she's talking in the style of drunk history, and it is so well done. And it, it literally, this video literally went viral within hours of him posting it online. It's, it's, it was picked up by USA Today and a couple other um, major kind of news media networks, and uh, it's, it's just getting like hundreds and thousands of hits every day. So we have a link to that on our website. I, I, I guess the easiest way to kind of describe it would be uh, Angela's Bath and Body Works rant, but in the style of drunk, you'll just have to watch it. The link's on our website. Sager did a great <laughs> job with it. He's making more of them. Uh, it's just awesome. It's, it's a well-spent couple minutes. So enjoy that. It's a pretty brilliant idea. I hope he continues like finding the because there's a lot of them. Like YouTube is yeah. bereft with people just ranting at their eyesight camera about you know something or another. Isn't um, that isn't that fascinating? It's like the most strange mix of like <clears throat> of like mega ego and complaining. Like I, I just I don't I can't understand I, I cannot fathom being in the headspace so much to the point that I would want to put a camera on myself for ten minutes and be a big complainy pants and then put it on the internet like I, I don't I can't fathom the mindset I can't it's and it's when I watch these I'm like I want to get inside this person's head and oh, yeah. see what's going on in their life and figure out what causes a a person to invest their time this way yeah, yeah. you have far too much time on your hands. Yeah. Period. End of story. And a little bit of personal work to do, I think, as well. Right. I mean, if you like, this video is ridiculous. It's like this girl trying to return a candle, or, or she was trying to buy a candle. Man, I'm like, talk about entitled, bitchy, childish Americans. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me embarrassed to be an American. This this woman, frankly. But that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> It is. It's about being a good person, and that's not what it is to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. So just to quickly recap our picks of the week here, that's Salem's Lot by Stephen King, The Chair, which is a, a documentary TV show on the Stars Network, and uh, Caesar's viral video, Angela versus Bath and Body Works Rant. We also have uh, a thank you, a patron of the week. Thank you to kind of shout out here. And it, this week it goes to Ryan Quinn Adams. He's been a patron for a little while now. He's an actor, he's a filmmaker, he's a husband and father, he's a UPS driver, and recently a health coach from South Lake Tahoe, California. He moved to Hollywood after high school with no plan and no clue. It didn't take him long to lose himself in all the glitz and glamour, and then he moved back to Tahoe to start a family. He took a 20-year hiatus to figure out what he really wanted and figured out eventually that he really did want to be an actor. And then he says, and I quote... Thanks to Inside Acting, I found the courage to start acting again. It's 
kind of nice. Uh, he gets and, to do community theater cry. plays. Yeah, he gets to do community theater <laughs> plays and work on short films and independent films uh, up in Tahoe. And you can find him on Facebook as well as on Twitter. On Twitter, he is Tahoe Actor. Thank you, Ryan, for your ongoing support. And uh, everybody uh, who's listening to this, um, check him out. I think he's got some exciting things going on. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his Facebook page. Uh, clearly, it's a, a good person with some good energy to have in your life. So I think right. that does it for Let's bring it home, baby. Episode. Let's bring, bring it, it home. home. Uh, Inside Acting is produced and co-hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer, and of course, Senor, Senor Algat. Senor Algat, who's actually a robot, we found out in this episode. Yes. Uh, Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Cesar Gamino is our technical producer. Gadali Guberek is our marketing and web director. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. You can sign up for our free weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or pretty much wherever you can find these things we call podcasts. And this episode of Inside Acting was made possible by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character, and make stronger choices, there is an app for that, and it's called Rehearsal 2. You can download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That'll take you straight to the iTunes link, by the way. Rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. And just on a personal note, it is an awesome app, a very smart investment. I know we say that a lot on this show, but it, it is one of those must-have digital actor tools for 2014. Ooh, bringing back the digital actor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Uh, and of course, the other way that this episode was made possible is by listeners like you. So if you love Inside Acting and you want to keep help us keep the show going, sign up as a monthly patron and get cool perks like access to an exclusive online patron-only masterminds group that's coming very soon a shout out on the show the show's website and the show's newsletter freebies discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings like the insider notes which just went live a couple episodes ago and more just visit insideactingpodcast.com click on the patron tab to find out more that's right. And on next week on uh, on the show, we have part three, the third and final part of my chat with actress Nori Victoria. And that's it for episode 167 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm AJ Meyer. I am Trevor Algott. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, make some shit. Make some shit.